the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores. This is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. NIL, which is short for Name, Image, and Podcast. And the watch, this is thank you to NIL. It's Name Image Podcast. It's also Thursday, Thursday afternoon. We got a really, really cool episode for you guys. Uh, we just got uh, got them recording an interview with uh, Brad Blevins. He's a uh, um, an agent, basically. Uh, ba- just You'll have to tune in and listen. Uh, an agent involved in the NIL space. We got a lot of really cool information from him. Uh, so, Brad, thanks again uh, for, for hopping on for that. But, Mike, uh, it, we are, first off, how you doing? And I will say, we got... Shout huge shout out, Brad. When we were talking before the interview, it took about two minutes of him talking to us, and he was involved in military, Olympics, and he's a D1 baseball player, former D1 baseball player. Like we we couldn't have knocked it out of the park any better for just a first happen chance interview, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was really good. So right. enjoy so that, that. It's a lot of good info in there. That's, we basically wrote him in and said he's going to have to get involved anytime uh, anything interesting from the NIL uh, landscape comes out. But yeah, learned learned a lot, learned a ton. And it's uh, am, am I any more knowledgeable about NIL? I don't know, maybe. Um, but that's what people are like. But we know we know who to ask now because right. like we like when we started the interview, we we're like, listen, we're just the common man. And then when he started talking, like it, he was saying things that I was like, I would have never my million years even thought about that. Like. You'll just have to listen because it was it was a really good interview. Truly incredible. Bad news for Boomer Sooner. Texas is back. I mean, it's just yeah. Brad outlined it for us. Confirmed, Texas is back. Confirmed. Right. Yep. So that's uh, that's unfortunate. But uh, once again, we are Name Image Podcast, uh, and right now we are just smack dab in middle March. Of madness. The madness has begun. Uh, we we are in full swing. It really has. I mean, today. I mean, I, I woke up today and we you know had our morning phone conversation. Uh, anyone who says that no one calls anyone anymore, you guys don't know us because Mike and I talk on the phone every single day. Well, now and, we're in uh, business together. I mean, as business right. partners, we have to communicate. Have to. You know, have we got to talk shop, talk business every day. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, I, I pulled up my phone, looked at the like you know looked at the schedule. I looked at like, oh my god, we got Michigan, Indiana at nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> Like, this is great. And then I had to spend all morning with my boss and doing the, the mysterious day job of just walking around downtown Salt Lake City. So, uh, but it was good. It's, uh, but, um, so Mike, give me a recap. Just, uh, we'll start with today. And then, you know, th- there's been some other games, I guess, you know, kind of earlier, but nothing right. really, nothing right. really major. But uh, give me a rundown so far. It's about 4.30 in the afternoon today here on Thursday. But give me a rundown of kind of what you're seeing and uh, what, what, the, which, what the vibes are like. for. The, well, listen, the vibes, start. the vibes are immaculate. First of all, it's it's Marzo, as our friends to the so, the south would say. Uh, it's madness. It's loco. So we started the day off with they. they I know they kind of overlapped at the end there. Uh, we'll just talk about the big ones. Michigan fraudulent as ever. We knew this, and they it's thought Juwan Howard was going to come back and he was going to be the savior, and they might run away with the Big Ten tournament and then become a force. Wrong. Just fired Juwan Wrong. Howard. Like sixteen point lead is that what it was? You possible? you have to now. You have to. Uh, Phil Martelli came in. He steered the ship. He got things organized, and you're like, wow, Michigan does really look like a contender. And even that first half, you're like, well, shit, this this yeah. is kind of annoying. And then it all it, it was so. Yeah. And that's it, it, that's exactly right. Like it was it was the first half, and we were texting about it in a group. It was like, damn, like. Well, Michigan, Michigan is going to run away with this one. And then, like, I just stopped keeping tabs on it because it was just a bore fest. And then, obviously, Duke took over the television and everybody should tune into that. But then, like, he kept checking back. And I was like, there's no way. And then, like, K-Tex, he's like, dude, like, all they have to do is go on a run. And sure enough, they went on a run. Like, probably one of the biggest choke jobs of recent memory in, in a conference tournament, especially. And I, I just don't see how you can walk away from the season if you're Michigan and like salvage anything from this like it it, it, yeah. it just utter failure across the board right yeah like, i mean so you look at Jawan howard i mean the last time we saw him he was <laughs> punching a wisconsin <laughs> assistant coach uh which we do we disavow completely we do not endorse that type of behavior nope. and we do believe in the sanctity of the handshake line we are firm yeah. uh handshake line believers firm handshake yeah. line pro handshake line uh and then the, we see him again after the suspension and he's blown a 16 point lead and losing to indiana and like it's it's it it's it's even more under the spotlight of like Michigan actually is good at football now. Like it used to just kind of be like, oh, well, as long as we're as you know good or a little bit better, marginally better than what the football team is achieving, like we can kind of just fly under the radar. 
But now it's like you, you're supposed to have all this promise, Juwan Howard. Like you were, what they were ranked like number four at the beginning of the season or something, right? Like they were top yep. ten for sure. Yep. This is the biggest fall from grace that I could possibly imagine. And do I hate Michigan? Yes. So maybe that's that's a little bit of me just coming out. But you know what? I don't care. Like throw don't, them out. Don't just care. Don't even let them on the team playing. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Ah. Yeah, right. Uh, and, so, and, and so, I mean, but they are a bubble team. Like, I, I didn't know if the, this might have knocked them off the bubble. Like, yeah. and, oh, so selection Sunday. I'm sure they will get the playing game because I'm, I'm sure the playing game is like they're going to take the high profile teams. Give they them have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Michigan's probably the playing game, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, it, it was it was a bubble. It was it was bubblicious. It was a bubblicious game, hubba bubba, because Indiana was kind of in the same spot. Like Indi, like that game very well could have just determined who's going to get in. Like because Indiana was literally in the same spot. Now they win, they advance. Indiana could very well win this tournament. I don't think it's going to happen, but like if they get a couple Big Ten conference tournament wins under their belt, that presents a much better case than what Michigan has to offer. I agree. I agree. From there, yeah. uh, started yeah, off. Yeah, but hold on, let's talk about it, Kyle. Let's what happened at what Duke Syracuse? What what what, what happened? Hey, I mean, I'm just saying the the orange were there. The, the scary orange man was there. If you and what uh, somebody from the, it must have been our intern tweeted uh, just a Syracuse orange gif at me about the halftime. Yeah. Do you know who that was? Was that our intern? Yeah. Was that <laughs> not not entirely sure. I don't even have access to that account. You know, um, Syracuse, I mean, and you and I spoke at length about the zone and just the uh, the zone in theory. You watch it and you're like, oh, this is obviously so simple. You attack the zone inside out, blah, blah, blah. But you, you talk about a little bit of your experience on the front line of, oh. of you were the middle yeah. of, of of trying to attack the zone. I, I've, I'm waiting on my presidential medal of courage any day now. I think it got stuck in the mail because having to be a big guy operating the high post in the zone might as well send me to war. I mean, it's it's just <laughs> awful. It's it, PTSD is putting it lightly. All right, like it, 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 like you said, it's we sit here and in theory, it's it's okay. Two man front, you attack it. Odd, you know, it's an odd man versus the or excuse me, it's an odd man front versus an even man front. So if they're running two, you just split with a single guard. You got your two wings and you work the ball around. And you attack it from there. But you can't break the zone until you get the ball in the middle. Now, the problem is when the ball goes in the middle, you have five guys that all just want to smack you upside the back of the head and take that ball away from you. So you got to be real strong. And you got to be real experienced in there. And Duke just wasn't having it the first quarter. Like Williams held his own running that baseline. He first did half. good. Yeah, first half. And so it, it, obviously we all know the end result and it worked out well. But what happened even in the second quarter or the second half, golly, second half, like we got into a three point shootout for a little bit there. And like, it just, it wasn't going to end well for us. If it happened, like if the game would have played out that well, it wasn't going to end well for us. I'm glad that we finally, Apollo just started taking control of that middle. He's a, if some would say a talented, more talented than me, I wouldn't agree, but is what it is. <laughs> he started taking control of his own. And then what did you see happen? We start opening up shoes on the outside. Roach is just wet from three on all the open looks all is well that ends well, but I'm going to tell you, Kyle, and we have the text messages to prove it. I was I was counting on a Duke loss. Like I, I was going to be sitting here in my sad little Leighton New Jersey, just being like, oh, sad. But yeah, but uh, well, good, old, good old Duke. They they really needed a, a real feel good story after the debacle <laughs> at uh, Coach K's farewell tour. But uh, it's it's back back and well. Duke looks all right. I I think Duke's going to be just. Fine. But- I'm, I'm still sticking with my Elite Eight. Like, I, I think Elite Eight is in – I'm not even sure if I'm willing to go as far as, like, ACC championship. Like, I, that's the hopes. That's the ambition. I think they could do it. But it, it's just – in Syracuse kind of spotlighted it. It, it. This team, when they get down and they kind of get flustered, it just – everything flies off the rails. And, and we're taking bad shots and just the looks aren't good. We're kind of collapsing on defense. So – if we can rectify the ship and put all all the things back in place, I think we I like our chances, but I think this is an elite A team that we're looking at. We shall see. Time will tell. A few other things that just kind of stood out, um, you know, that we want to touch on for the interview airs. Uh, Butler was a team. So I texted you last night. I was like, this is the beauty of March Madness. You have some kid from Lithuania for Butler who's had a very bad season this year. Um, lighten up Xavier. The kid's name is Simas uh, Lukosius, um, and and he was basically the driving factor of like uh, of them beating Xavier. Uh, was it, I mean was it just yesterday? Oh yeah. Um, just yesterday. Let me let me pull up these stats here. Uh, they they took down Xavier in overtime. He had twenty seven points, six for 11, uh, 11 free throws, four uh, four three pointers. Huge driving force for that. And then today he went uh, one for eleven. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so the Lithuanian, uh, uh, the magic that we saw last night just kind of ran out on us. But uh, but still, it's it's still something like that. Like college basketball, and I think the reason why like fans of college basketball appreciate it so much is because like legends really do get made in March, oh, yeah. right? Oh, like yeah. like statues are are figured out and created in March because you just see these heroes come out of nowhere. And you know, Michigan State's had plenty of them. Duke, you know, Duke's had their obviously, you know, their their stars kind of come out to play in March as well. But it's always those kids that you just like. Um, for I mean, UConn was the shining example with Shabazz Napier, right? And oh, even Kemba oh, Walker. I think Kemba Walker is probably pretty well known before that. But like, I think Shabazz Napier was like the one who, like, seeing that team come together and put on that those types of runs. That's that's what we love about March. And you don't know where it's going to come oh, from. Yeah. It could have been Butler. It could have been you know anyone. Obviously, it wasn't Butler right. this time. Right. But uh, well, and it's like if 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 March Madness doesn't happen. Florida Gulf Coast University, you would you would never even know it existed. It, you would awesome. never even remember that that was a school if it wasn't for that run they had in like what was it like Dunk City was the nickname that was cultivated around them or whatever it was. George Mason, Loyola Chicago's, even though Sister Jean's overrated, I really don't care for her. It, like it's just beautiful because you you create these individual heroes, but you also like create just these stories that are gonna live in college basketball lore long after we're gone, and it's it's just. It's just the best time here. And, and it's like we talked about, you know, in our offline group chat. It's like you get this feeling in college football a lot because it's it's all condensed to no Saturday. It's like if you have red you have rivalry week and you know, you get like a couple of big games, like it really captures the magic of like college sports. But just the entire month of March is like just incredible because we're not even in we're not even an actual big dance tournament play. And we've already got buzzer beaters. We got just chaos happening. It's just, it's incredible. You can't even describe it. Speaking of buzzer beaters, uh, our beloved Miami Hurricanes, hey. they came out on top against Boston College, 71 to 69. And you, you were saying you were watching this one as well. And uh, how did that shake out at the end? Uh, <laughs> well, at the very, very end, <laughs> the the guard for Miami, I'm looking at the right now, just trying to go like 1v3 and turn, <laughs> like, turn it over. And Kyle, I kid you not, Boston College chucked up a three-quarter shot that was like an inch away from just being pure net. Like it would have been like a Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward shot. Oh yes, yes. It, it, it obviously like the, the the stakes aren't as high as that shot, but it was one of the most just like one more inch on that ball, and we're talking about one of the all-time buzzer beaters. It was just truly incredible. But Boston College, like this is this is this would have been they fell short today, but they have two wins in two days leading up to this game. Like they like they were by all accounts a very hot team. So for Miami to stave off at the end, take it to OT and win it, is a pretty big accomplishment. Like I know the seeding, you know, it's like a four versus a thirteen or whatever it is, but it, that's a that's a pretty big win for Miami. That's a, that's a, something to be proud of. Right, and Miami's one of those teams. I mean, they're twenty two and nine, and you're sitting looking at them and be like, oh well, the, like I'm surprised they're not ranked or this and that, and they're they're just a, a weird team. But Miami Duke, that's the next matchup. That's tomorrow at five. And Miami beat Duke like earlier this that's season. That's true, <laughs> right, right. But like, so, so in your mind, so you're sitting there as a Duke fan, right? And and I I love the, the the conference tournaments because I think for a lot of teams, like those banners also hang forever, right? Big Ten right. conference tournaments right. and things like that, and that that's a big deal because for one, it's winnable, right? That like really like when you look at the landscape of the the college like the national tournament, the, the right. March Madness tournament, right. it's so impossible. It's just impossible. Like it really just is, and so. I love like the multiple games, multiple days, like even going back to like anyone who grew up playing basketball in AAU, like that's, that's what you do, right? You go to these tournaments right. in a weekend in a cool neutral arena, you play back to back to back to back and winning it's sick, right? You hundred percent, you know, and all that. And so like, but as, as Duke right now, are you in the camp where it's like, even if we got bumped tomorrow, that's fine. Let's rest up a little bit. You're going to be a, probably a two seed regardless, right? No, it, it, the way you go out there and win it because it's coach K, you got to get that last win and whatever happens in the, in the, the national tournament happens. Well, it, so it, it, I'm going to address it in two different facets. So one, yes, you want to win. It, it would be nice to coach K just to have like win one more conference championship. And, and like I said, I don't think he's going to win the whole thing, but like have one more conference championship to just kind of throw on the resume right off into the sunset to a degree. Sure. If we would have lost this game today, I would have I would have put money on maybe around a 32 exit just because you're talking about you you lost on senior night to North Carolina, which North Carolina by all accounts isn't isn't really right. supposed to hold a candle to Duke. 
and it's again, it's the same thing with like it's like in this game against Syracuse. It's just we got we got behind and we got kind of stagnant and it was kind of a dogfight in the middle and like everything just kind of seemed to fly off the rails and we were take like it was one it was hero ball and so if we would have lost this game, I would have the tournament the big dance would have been just an absolute disaster in my mind. We we stuck it out, but now like you just said, the next hurdle's Miami. So it, it, do we do we take a loss against Miami? Is that a little more palpable? Sure, but I, I think the ingredient for this team to be successful is like just keep winning. Like you just have to keep winning because they don't have the veteran and the leadership to, to kind of take them into like those dogfight games and then pull out victorious on the other side. Right, and I think that Syracuse game is probably a pretty good test, right? But oh, I, I can't yeah. imagine they're going to face the zone as aggressively as they did. <laughs> you Listen, know, so now, if you could take, if you could take the what's that? What, the the art of war. They might as well write a book about the zone, and those could be two pieces of literature that can live side by side because right. just and you you said you're not like you didn't grow up playing basketball you know the x's and o's you understand the schematics of it but like even from your perspective you you had the great line of like it's the all-encompassing equalizer like it, it you could have the greatest team to ever grace the hardwood you throw the zone out there you're guaranteed you're covering the spread at least like it, it just it's such a weird like little intricacy of the sport of basketball but like when executed right it's just impossible to play against right and and you got to have the right people you got to have the length you got to have the after, wingspan and that's what Syracuse has gone after for so long and like and, in rebounding out of a zone is like <laughs> impossible like it, it's it, because you don't ha- you're not assigned to a body so like a shot goes up you're just looking for the nearest person and so like I, they're like There'd be times I'd box out nobody. I'd have like an ass on nobody, and like I'd get my ass reamed on the bench. Like who are you boxing? I'd be like, I don't know. I couldn't find anybody. Like they're they're everywhere. Golly, uh, it's like it seriously does. The zone does give me nightmares, and Syracuse has dealt Michigan State a few losses here and there. So, um, yeah, I mean th- those are really kind of the big games. There's games happening constantly, and and there's right. only been a few. We're, so we're far in the middle of the day on a Thursday. Yeah, or, you Michigan, know, Kyle's being selfish, taking a vacation, kind of an eye guy move, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, We're Michigan, trying to get the pot out. Michigan State starts at 4.30 uh, here shortly. And so I'm at the point now where it's like, I don't even care. We're playing Maryland again. We just beat <laughs> Maryland. But it was like the last Maryland game, you know, we what well, it was literally the entire season in one game. Because we come out, we start hot. We're looking amazing. We're up 20. Next thing you know, like we look at we're only up five late. And then all of a sudden we kind of, you know, run away with it again. But it was just the ebb and flow of that game where it's like, wow, this is amazing. And then it's like six or seven turnovers in a row. And you're just like, well, this is why we are where we are. And then we kind of pull it out the end. And I was like, that was just an entire season in one fucking game. Now we have to play Maryland again. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to beat a team three times. Yeah, well, especially in, in in the Big Ten that just cannibalizes itself. Like, it's such an interesting conference, and especially this year, where it's like, Every time you you start to see maybe somebody kind of rise to the top, everybody else just eats that guy up and spits him out. Like it's just such a like the Big Ten conference tournament. I I would have been interested to see what the lines were going into the tournament because I can't imagine there was like I'm sure there was a favorite, but I can't imagine it was like a by far and away favorite from the rest of the pack. Like I gotta believe everybody else was kind of in the same mix. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, but we'll see. And uh, Oklahoma Baylor plays later. I mean, could can the right. Sooners make a run? Put well, a, and, put a little and, run together. And, 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 and so where we've been so far today, uh, Kansas looks just absolutely lethal. Kansas may just be another. They may be national contender, you know, caliber type team right now. Uh, Arizona squeaked it out against Stanford. Texas Pac, lost. Pac-12's Pac ranking ticket. That's what. That's the. That's the one I wanted to visit. Was Texas again? Can't perform in big games. So. And then how about <laughs> Iowa? Iowa beating Northwestern, oh. 112. Bro. They scored 64 points in the first half, 112 to 76. And this goes back to my point. I, I mentioned that I, I think Iowa has. Oh yeah. Everything they need to to make the deep run for the Big Ten, I think they will make it the farthest in the Big Ten, knowing that they're going to lose in the first round somehow. But I really do see them being like the representative for the Big Ten to make it the farthest. Well, in in Iowa strikes me as a team where it's like they like they are the embodiment embodiment of like watched film got better, like especially when they're playing in the Big Ten and you've seen Iowa a couple times, like you're not going to beat Iowa two times in a season. And if you do, they're going to give you every ounce of fight you could possibly take and more. Like, but to your point, they're going to play a team that they're not really, they haven't really matched up against or kind of fresh against and they'll probably lose early in the tournament. But for for them to just be kind of like a a non-assuming team and then to come out here and hang, what, 112 on Northwestern? Like, And Northwestern's like a competitive. They they fought back last night and, and beat Nebraska. Um, but and you know they have a pulse, right? 
And, but you just but, come out but, and you just see the players like Keegan Murray in, in 21 minutes had 26 points, eight rebounds, two assists. <laughs> I, I like he's just I don't know. He He's going to be a first rounder. No, no question about it. Him and like Jordan Davis or Wisconsin, but we don't know like, you know, what what this what his status is. Um, but yeah, Keegan Murray, man, the, the, the kid's incredible. And then it's just the rest of. The rest of Iowa, which is just those really hardworking white boys, and they just go, they crash the boards, they box out, they're fundamental. They've been in the, like Bohannon has been at that school for fucking six years. Like, oh, yeah. oh my god! And, then well, got- and, it, and it's not a surprise to anybody, but like when you play with when you when you have a group of guys who play with each other, that sounded very weird, but like they play consecutive years together. Like these are the teams that you produce. Just impossible to beat. And like I said, if you beat them, you're gonna you're gonna remember the day that you play at Iowa because it's gonna suck. And so, like, that's a team that you do you do not want to see on the other half of the court because they're they may not win, but they are. It's not like they're going to roll over and die. Right, right. And so, yeah, Iowa, they're they're just so far proved me right. It's just uh, I just see them being able to make a run, man. Because yeah, they look good. Arizona did look a little shaky. Uh, Kansas looks good. Shocker, shocker, shocker. Can- shocker. Hey, yeah, we Kansas safe. is yeah, we Kansas is just absolute like. It's your boy Dollar Bill that you enlightened me on his little nickname earlier, but Dollar Bill looks like he has his team just ready to make a real good run because there was just never there was never a window in this game that West Virginia was even going to be able to hang. So yeah, Kansas Kansas is still here. Kansas is back. Yeah, shocker, shocker. <laughs> but um, there'll be more. Games. Morgan's come. So I, I will be on vacation next week. It is uh, my daughter's, my beautiful daughter's first birthday tomorrow. So everyone say happy birthday to uh my daughter uh <laughs> can you blow my daughter a birthday kiss from <laughs> i forgot all about that not okay. taking her to disneyland unfortunately yeah. Emma, emma's parents are convinced that like they're terrified that i'm going to be taking her to disneyland they obviously want to be there too but no we're not going to disneyland listen, listen disneyland is only cool when you're when you go with adults right like, well and i and we really did hit that uh hit the golden era when we went oh, what is going on my book uh, I'm sorry. Hey, hey, hey. We got spies uh, over there? Yeah. Um, but no, it's so yeah, I, you know, I'm going to California next week. So um you might be able to, you know, get a little pot out there. But um that's also kind of why we wanted to bring you a special one this week. I got guys really like the interview. Like I'm I was just sitting there just like I could have I could have asked question upon question upon question. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We we both came prepared with questions and ran out of it and we just were still able to be like, well, this is interesting. Let's you know, right. how about this? What about this? And uh, he left us with a little cliffhanger where it's like we like to say that we're barely even like kind of the tip of the iceberg of NIL. Like if you listen to the interview at the very end, he like kind of mentions like the international spectrum and like we like didn't even touch on that. And that's like a whole nother ballpark with Oscar Sheeway in Kentucky. We didn't get into it, but like there's a good chance we'll have him back on to kind of chit chat about that because there's just so many facets of this like you wouldn't even really think to think about yeah. Um, so we'll uh, we're gonna we're gonna post the interview like right after this. It's obviously gonna be part of this episode. We're gonna tag him in there as well. Um, Shoot, we'll follow. Like that. That's kind of what we're trying yes. to build here as well. Is just kind of a a network of just kind of nil adjacent things, right? Like we want to you know, learn about the deals that are coming out or the deals that are being struck. Um, and Brad's really good at just kind of you know giving a little bit of context to it. So uh, definitely shoot him a follow as well. Um, you know, he's got a cool thing going. He's trying to start his own agency, kind of from the ground up, which is really cool. So we respect that. But he goes into that a little bit. But um, yeah. Stay tuned for the interview, uh, you know, about 30 minutes long or so. Uh, but it, it provides really good context because I promise you, like, if you guys you know, are, are you know, not have, haven't really been thinking much about NIL, like, it really does change the entire landscape of college sports, as you know. And I'm assuming you guys are listening to this because, well, you like us a little bit, but you, you like college sports. It's really fascinating. Really fascinating. Got some really cool stuff about the Cardale Jones stuff as well. Cardale, come on. Get on five, Kate. I know you're trying, but we got to get Cardell on. Um, <laughs> love to talk to him. Twelve gauge. Um, yeah, Mike. Anything else uh, before we wrap things up? No, no. Yeah, we'll. Uh, you, you'll probably be left alone in Daddy's hands next week, so be sure to tune in. I'm sure that'll just fly off the rails real quick. But uh, I'll hold down the fort while you're gone. I promise. And and, and guys, uh, remember, especially our, our dear friends who enjoy a little bit of uh, sports gambling here, uh, just bet responsibly. Come on. It, it college basketball is a nightmare. <laughs> you know who we're talking to. <laughs> well, but here, here's the problem is that I know damn well next Thursday when I make my 795th trip back to Denver, I'll be sitting next to him at a Chili's on Thursday night concocting some god-awful, you know, 17-leg second day of the tournament parlay. So, yeah, do it. Listen. Listen, 
small unit sizes get it done just as big as big unit sizes. Okay. Like if you don't listen, your unit doesn't have to be big. Okay. Small unit sizes, when it hits, it hits right, it's unmatched. Like Unless you're, you're Calvin Ridley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Calvin, yeah, it's still that's a whole other issue. Like that dude did not deserve an entire freaking year. Okay, like you know how many screenshots I saw on Twitter of people reading that article on ESPN, and there was like a banner ad above it, it was like DraftKings. <laughs> like, right, you know it's. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that that's that's a story of another pod. But uh, once again, guys, this has been the Name Image Podcast. The interview's about to drop right now. So uh, stay tuned for that and listen to it. It's going to be awesome. Um, if you guys have any questions, too, that you want us to ask on future um, you know, interviews that we do, yeah, whether it's Brad or anyone else who's, who's interested, uh, it was a lot of fun. Like both Mike and I left that. I mean, like that was sick. That was so, a lot, yeah. For yeah, real. Thanks for listening. Like, review, subscribe, follow Brad, follow us, retweet, like, all that fun stuff. And uh, we will catch you maybe next week thank you and the watch this is thank you to nil welcome back to another episode of name image podcast and uh i'm joined as always with big mike and uh mike we teased it a little bit last week that we were going to have you know guests on we're 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 kind of branching out a little bit we're trying to educate ourselves right absolutely we, we, you know, we, as you can tell the name, Name Image Podcast, we always like to talk a little bit about name image likeness. And we have a very, very, very base level understanding of it. I think as the majority of people do. But uh, what we're going to try to do is, you know, a little bit of an interview series with some different people who are in and around the space. And uh, by the magic of Twitter, we've been connected with uh, Brad Blevin. So Brad's joining us today from San Antonio. Um, he is, uh, I'll just let him, let's bring him in. Brad, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and just kind of, you know, give us a, a baseline of kind of who you are and uh, kind of what you do. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of mentioned beforehand, uh, my day job, um, I'm a civilian attorney for the Air Force. Um, and so uh, basically what my, my part of my portfolio is, is advising um, Air Force sports and the world-class athlete program. And through that, um, we basically allow airmen um, to train full-time for the Olympics uh, instead of participating in their full-time uh, career fields for a couple of years to see if they can make Team USA. Um, and so what I've been able to do over the last several years is, is negotiate with Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, uh, U.S. Hockey League is kind of an NHL minor league affiliate, uh, Major League Rugby, a lot of team sports where basically they would otherwise own your name, image, and likeness, at least to some extent, um, and use your, you know, your pictures, your team photos to go ahead and, and sell kind of their own little deals um, and, and make money off of you, which, which you can't do with the military. And so uh, I, I had a passion um, for this for a long time, and the Air Force kind of gave me that experience. So when the, the landscape kind of shifts for, for college athletes uh, back in July, I went ahead and, and tried to start my own LLC and, and tried to represent uh, some athletes and and really do my part, kind of take some of that experience and, and my passion for it uh, to help some of these athletes stay out of trouble. Yeah. And, and that's that's where we were just kind of talking right before this off air. Like I didn't even think of of the military academies and stuff right. as, as being kind of NIL adjacent. Right. And, and a lot of what you said, it, it makes a lot of sense. But um, before we get in, uh, too into it, uh, you were a former athlete yourself. Right. Right. That's correct. Yeah. I played uh, division one baseball at, at uh, Cleveland State um, was actually kind of, you know, around um, NIL, at least for a short time. Um, back when I was a freshman, uh, they were still making uh, NCAA college baseball. And so we were oh. we had some, oh. we had some photographers come out and, and take pictures and try to get our, you know, our roster and stats from the coaching staff and things like that. So there was uh, w w our program didn't end up making it into the game. Um, they cut their the Horizon League at right. the time, oh, um, so that was, that was kind of a bummer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, you know that that issue of you know players showing up in video games is kind of what really launched and kind of propelled right. this thing forward. So um, you know, something that that I was you know really excited about at the time and and kind of what created the passion for it now. Right, because that, that was that was kind of my first foray into like the name image and likeness was with um was it bannon or o'bannon is that what Ed it was? yeah yeah Ed o'bannon and uh and you know as as someone who also grew up with like the ncaa football franchise i mean both mike and i and and yeah i forgot that college sports or college baseball was one but the college basketball game was great and yeah when those were taken away it's like dude screw this this is ridiculous and it wasn't until later and you kind of understand why certain things were it's like 
it makes sense, right? And yeah, right. Now we just hopefully are moving closer to to bringing it back. So that's why we have you on. You're you're telling us that it's coming back, right? All the NCAA games are coming back. <laughs> <laughs> now the NIL. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, I think in in due time. I know they're going to start and and roll out football here, and you know sooner than later. I think it, it's coming. Um, they're working on some come some group licensing deals to try and, and get that executed. But I, 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 you'll certainly see it sooner than later. Oh, thank thank the Lord. But 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 so along those same lines, when we talk about the like NIL and the official announcement with the NCAA, was there any like heads up like you being kind of in the legal side of this this whole thing? Was there any heads up like was there any advance notice for you guys in the industry or did you kind of learn at the same time as the rest of us? So a couple of years ago, you started seeing states um, pass their own legislation, um, and then it kind of turned into this race, right, where everybody, nobody wanted to fall behind in the recruiting war because mm-hmm. they knew that it was going to cause an issue. And so they started moving up their effective dates, and July 1 sort of became this, you know, this deadline that everybody wanted to get to. Um, and it ended up where, yeah, several states, you know, did an act. So I, I think there were, you know, seven or eight, you know, on the first day that things opened up. Um, and then the NCAA published their, you know, very broad set of rules. But they were they were on the chopping block and ready to to release their own rules and kept punning and punning and punning and moving it further down the road and saying, oh, we're not going to release them yet. And then um, they got sued <laughs> um, in, in what's called the, uh, the, the Alston case, NCAA v. Alston. Um, and basically what that did was subject uh, the NCAA to kind of antitrust type of litigation. And it basically caused them to release that super broad set of rules that they have now and is kind of why the NCAA probably isn't going to do much more than they're already doing. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. So, you know, long story short, we, we kind of had a heads up seeing, you know, these states, you know, people that were interested in it, maybe wanting to turn it into a business, seeing these states start passing their own laws um, that were, you know, at the time directly contradicting the NCAA's right. rules sure. um, that, you know, something was going to have to change, you know, as soon as the first state, um, had their effective date go into effect. Gotcha. Okay. So, so Kyle, essentially the s- smarter individuals were reading the tea leaves and we were just blindsided by this. We, we could have <laughs> saw this coming. Um, so, I, I mean, and you said something earlier, like it, it's kind of, it seems kind of broad right now, as far as how the NCAA is regulating this. Is, is it like, like for us sitting here, it seems like it's kind of like the wild, wild west. Like, is that fair to say, or is there a pretty strict guidelines set right now? Um, it's the wild west in the sense that, again, the NCAA is, is very hands off and they kind of have to be, or they're going to face another lawsuit. Um, the individual states, um, that, that do have their own laws, they're, they're kind of similar. Um, but again, they're all, they all saying that's kind of similar. They still have their differences. Right. And then, um, within each state. Uh, every university is is able to create their own policy as well. So uh, there are wow. a lot a lot of layers to what you can and can't do depending on where you go to school. Yeah, and and that's what we see out here. You know, we're you know we're located in Salt Lake City, and and I know BYU was kind of the first one, and they're a private institution as well. And you know, neither of us are like Mormon or anything like that. But it it was interesting to hear them their name kind of be the first because you know, they have a lot of money, they have a lot of resources, and yeah, they were among one of the the first ones that I remember hearing out in this area that that was getting a head start on it. And now just about every other school has you know caught kind of followed suit. Um, but just kind of backtrack a little bit. So when you know you had mentioned that you played baseball obviously and then you, you know you you went into like the player agency side of things when when did nil kind of first come on your radar or something like wow this is something that i want to start kind of getting involved with um yeah, honestly i saw uh, a couple of posts on on linkedin and you know it was an individual who was who was getting some pub um getting interviewed by sportico and some of the major um, front office sports, some of the major publications, 
And uh, I just reached out and said, hey, you know, if, if you need, you know, another attorney on, you know, to jump in with you, um, I've always wanted to be an agent and we kind of hit it off and uh, I ended up spinning it off into my own, you know, LLC. Um, so not too much, you know, before right. uh, July 1, I want to say I was, I, you know, talking with that individual for about a year um, prior to July 1 of last year and then, you know, started my LLC um, in May, kind of right before things kicked off. And so since since you've started that and, you know, we're not really too far into it, like, has has there been anything that, that you've kind of been surprised by or like the more you've done research in, into the legal side of things, has there been anything that's kind of stood out to you as being like, wow, this is not, I did not, you know, think of it this way or, or kind of any examples like that? Um, it, it, it's really inter- I mean, interesting that you mentioned, you know, BYU as, as jumping into <laughs> the forefront. Um, it, so... Utah at the time, and, well, and, and I think now it's it's still even the case. Um, I mentioned, you know, that there was this race, right, to to pass legislation state by state. Um, well, it turns out now because the NCAA's policy is so broad and doesn't have really any teeth because they're afraid to get sued. <laughs> the states, the states that didn't pass laws, are at a huge advantage because they're just under the NCAA rules and the states that did pass laws that, you know, participated in this race, um, their rules are a lot more strict, right? So, um, they're, they're kind of at a disadvantage now. And so you mentioned BYU and the thing that, you know, caught me by surprise really early on, um, was that their institution, they made it very public, um, you know, facilitated that deal with built brands and right. Yep. Built bar. And yeah, especially for the walk-ons and, and the women's teams and things right. like that. And I think it's absolutely incredible what they did. Um, yep. I think, you know, having those athletes receive money to, to go to school, that's kind of what this is all about. Um, it helps them out and allows them to use their, you know, their name and image to, to make a profit. And that's fantastic. Um, but seeing the school step in to me, and that's kind of where, you know, things are seemingly heading now with this landscape is everybody's trying to figure out a way where schools can get involved. Um, to me, it's a huge, huge conflict of interest. Uh, <laughs> right. And, and I just, I, I don't like the way that it looks. I don't like, um, you know, as an attorney, you, you fall under, um, the, rules of ethics <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and honestly, there's, there's a provision in there that, that requires you, um, you know, if, if somebody, if you're taking on a client, right. And your client's not paying the bill, um, your bill as, as their attorney, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a conflict. And so to me, a university that's going out and essentially acting as agent and negotiating this deal, on behalf of their players, uh, you know, they're getting paid too by, by these major sponsors and things like that. So I, I just think it's a huge I see, problem okay. and, a, and a red flag that's really not um, something that a lot of people are talking about right now. And, and that's where kind of you, you're kind of in that between because you're on the side of representing the actual athletes themselves. And so now, oh, I, okay, I, I kind of see what you mean there. And um, yeah, it, it is interesting. That's one thing we've talked about. It's like which schools are taking the different approaches. Like, so, so I'm a big Michigan State fan. That's where my parents both went to school and and things like that. And and I know what, you know what they're doing. And they have this whole you know this billionaire donor and 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 all these other things. But they've kind of created like a, a portal almost to to sure. facilitate nil deals and things like that. That's not quite what you were referring to about how agents or or schools are acting kind of like with a bit of conflict of interest, right? Or, or would you kind of consider that unethical or, or anything like that? Or like, basically what, what, what we're trying to figure out is like, so far from what you've seen, like, what are some schools that you, or universities that you think are, are doing things the right way and which, you know, which, are, what are some that maybe aren't, you know, if you can, if you can even get to that. There are so many out there now right. that, you know, it, it's hard to say who's doing things right and who isn't. Um, it's still new to, yeah, yeah. Right. Unless you're seeing, you know, what's going on behind closed doors and, you know, seeing if coaches are involved, seeing, you know, what types of handshake deals are made before, you know, the agreements are actually signed. It's really hard to say if, if there is any, you know, I, as an, again, as an attorney, I'd like to think that everything is, is rosy (laughs) and that, you know, the contracts reflect the, you know, the entirety of the agreement. 
Um, but you know, who, who knows if that's really the case or not. Um, so it's hard to, you know, to say right. purely conjecture, you know, who's doing things right, who's doing things wrong, but you know, Michigan state, you mentioned, I think what you're kind of talking about is they formed a collective. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, again, I think it's an issue with collectives too, because you're still having this intermediary, right. Who's mm-hmm. basically made up of a bunch of boosters and alumni and things like that. And they're going out and negotiating these deals on behalf of the athlete and directing money to them. And I think that's great, but the problem that I'm seeing and that I'm, you know, kind of frustrated with, especially somebody who wants to rep these athletes is that there's not enough individual representation for the athletes. And so they're, they're taking these deals that are presented to them at face value yep. from pe- from people who, you know, they assume have their best interests at heart. But at the end of the day, these collectives are, you know, either for profit or nonprofit, regardless, the companies that are, they're working with them are paying them to keep the lights on, paying their executive salaries and things like that. And so they're taking a cut, um, whether it's from the athlete or not, and then negotiating the deal and presenting it to the athlete like it's perfect. And that's what I have an issue with. Right. And a lot of these athletes maybe haven't done the research or they see the bag of cash or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, you know, they don't, they don't think twice about, you know, getting representation. So that, that, that's really interesting. But yeah, Mike, well, you had a few other. Well, so, so as you're kind of laying it all out, like I'm wondering, are we get, do you think we'll get to a point where, okay, we, we've, we've set up the NIL landscape. Like we kind of just opened up the floodgates and let it go. Do you think, because especially now you're laying it out as far as like conflict of interest. And like, I know we read a story about like Texas set up a nonprofit where like each lineman that commits to Texas is going to get $50,000 from this nonprofit. And like, there's just some that you read that just kind of feel just kind of like gross and like a bit unethical sure. a little bit. Do you think that we're going to get to a point where like, okay, like we've, we've got a year or two under our belt. This is where we are. Do you think we'll dial it back at some point or are we too far gone that like we're, we're kind of just, everybody's off to the races and there's no putting the cat back in the bag. I, I think if it happens, it's going to have to come from Congress because I, I, the NCAA is is too gun shy right now. And for good reason um, to step in and say, hey, 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 pump the brakes, um, because, yeah, you know, you mentioned that Texas one and there are certainly some others. And there have been, you know, allegations thrown at Texas A&M as well. <laughs> we love um, that. Yeah. You know, it, are they actually paying players to come to their school? And that's a blatant violation of even, you know, the broadest, you know, rules written by the NCAA. Um, and so if that's the case, then, you know, there needs to be something, but, you know, the NCAA doesn't, you know, have a lot of teeth and they don't really have a lot of reason to, to step out and, and try to enforce penalties. And the states certainly aren't going to do it because it's, you know, how everybody else is acting, especially those without state laws. So they want their schools to keep, you know, the recruiting edge as well. So I think, again, if it, if it happens, it's going to have to come from Congress. Right. And, and I think, cause yeah, what I was thinking is like, oh, well, it would make sense to, to have the NCAA or somebody create like a governing body to kind of to kind of help steer the ship. But like you said, with, with the amount of different states' rights that are involved and then the you know private institutions, universities, it's it would be kind of impossible to have like a sole governing body, right? Sure. Right. Yeah. See, that's and that's why that's why we're that's kind of the whole reason why we started this podcast and why we wanted to kind of centered around NIL is because like we're we're I feel like we're just at the spear tip of this, right? Like, you know, there's right. there's gonna be so many more twists and turns. What do you see as kind of the next kind of like evolution, you know, as we're going down this road, like what do you see as maybe the next change or next evolution to come uh, in terms of like how NIL deals are constructed or how universities kind of operate? So I think um, just the other day, um, Open Doors, which is one of the bigger players in the space, um, released an official platform that was a direct partnership with Oregon. And I think you'll see um, some more of that. And what what that does is allow essentially um, these donors, boosters, whomever, to go on to their platform and directly reach um, players, athletes at their specific school. Um, There's some licensing, I believe, that's tied into that as well. So um, creates an opportunity to allow the players to engage in these endorsement deals and use university intellectual property, copyright, things right. like that. 
um, which is huge. So I, I do think you'll see more of that. I think, you know, all of the the major schools that don't have a collective already, um, they'll get there eventually, whether it's, you know, again, university facilitated or um, whether they reach out to some of their bigger donors. But um, you'll see that as well. So I, I think that's definitely where things are, are heading. Um, you know, we've seen tons of, of NFTs out there and people getting paid in crypto already. Um, so that's kind of, you know, setting a tone as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the collective path and then again, the, the university affiliated platforms yep. I think are, are kind of on the forefront as well. Right, especially with the licensing, because I know um, not, um, fan, Fanatics, right? They, they just signed off on the deal with a bunch of universities for the, the jerseys and things like that, because there was always going to be the gap between, you know, the, the university has to protect its its intellectual properties, licenses, its, its image and things like that. And, you know, they, sure. they yeah, so, so I know the Fanatics deal was a big one. So I'm assuming the university will kind of steer more towards things like that. Um, yeah, that, that's just really fascinating. Mike, did, uh, did you have some other questions? Well, no, I just, I, so earlier you had mentioned, and I thought it was, it was an important point you made where it kind of, it started this arms race of recruiting when, when all these states kind of started forming all these different, you know, laws and legislation. So I, I ask you as both in the professional or the professional, wow, professional perspective and just kind of your general sports, college sports fandom, do, do you think, like, is this going to be the like best practice moving forward? That and are we going to see the fruition of recruits kind of landing at these you know schools? Maybe we wouldn't suspect. Like, are we going to see talent start to flow away from the the usual players because NIL is going to allow them the capability? Or do you think that this is just going to kind of get messy a year or two from now, and then we're still just going to end up with Alabama, Georgia in the championship? Like, do you think this levels the playing field at all, or do you think we're still just history is going to repeat itself just with more money in the pockets? Sure. No, I, I think um, there's a case to be made for both of those things. I mean, I, I obviously the the universities, the blue bloods with the bigger, you know, reputation, likely have the biggest, uh, you know, set of donors with the deepest pockets. Um, you know, because they come from these huge schools and you know these powerhouse programs. Um, but at the same time, you know, you've seen you know the number one recruit I think flip from Alabama to Jackson State. And right. So. Um, I think the opportunity to create, you know, parity and kind of equity, you can go wherever you want. And, you know, as long as, um, you know, you're abiding by the rule set that's in place right now, which, again, if you're especially if you're not in a state that doesn't have its own legislation, um, you can kind of do, you know, I don't want to say whatever you want, but there's a there's a lot of flexibility in how you can make money. And if you're a big time recruit, um, you know, you're going to get that publicity regardless of where you go. Um, and I, so I, I do think it creates that opportunity to kind of level the playing field, certainly. Right. And and like you had mentioned, like the the rule number one is just you can't you can't pay a player to go play anywhere. And especially now we see with the transfer portal and recruiting, it's going to get messy there. But like what like how I guess how is that even going to be regulated now? Right. Because like I feel like for one, it's, it's always been a thing. Right. I feel like players have always one way or another gotten money to go somewhere but how does nil does nil make that a little bit easier or does it kind of almost make it a little bit more obscure in that like it's a little bit harder to track now um i i think it makes what was once um you know illegal uh illegal even though again it's it's it doesn't seem clear that it's being done properly right now it's you know if it's if it truly is um, you know, targeting recruits, um, you know, then you're not supposed to be doing that clearly. Um, and so I, I just don't know how you, you, you track yeah. it, how you, how you police it. And the NCA, again, they really can't right now cause it's not in their, uh, you know, their best interest legally to, to step in and, and enforce it. Right. Yeah. And, and I know like, for, like, you know, the LSU investigations kind of trailing on and will wade was kind of one of those coaches where i was like there's ever a program that i just don't think is doing anything right it's lsu um and so that, that kind of jumped out on the page, page well three. now brad it's fair for brad to know that if if any team has success brad kyle is quick to be like they're paying them they, they're paying well, them duh. Like, yeah you know it, all those championships dukes accumulated they've been paying them from the get-go like there's no oh. way that success happened dollar but, bill self yeah. so it, it's it, 
I'm sitting here thinking, and we kind of we touch on different schools around different parts of the country. Like, is there? And I am 100% not educated in the slightest sense about the different legislation state to state. But like, are there any states that you know just off the top of your head that are more NIL friendly versus others? Like, are, are we going to maybe start to see? Like it just like for an example, like if Texas is a little more willy nilly with the rules, like are we going to start seeing a lot more money flowing around Texas and maybe some more recruits being attracted to Texas or are all the legislation close enough to where it doesn't really play a factor as much? Well, so some again, some speak specifically to, you know, you cannot use university intellectual property in any way, shape or form. And I think that hurts states that have that, you know, hurts um you know, states that have that in there because, you know, the athletes are obviously going to be able to make more money if they can use, you know, that that Oregon O or the duck or whatever. Right, right. Okay. Um, and so, you know, my biggest thing is, you know, when I'm advising clients is if you're taking a look at, you know, maybe p- picking your school, um, take a look at states that, that don't have, you know, um, NIL legislation. Take a look at states uh, where you know state income tax is is favorable, like I, like I said, I'm in Texas right now. No state income tax. State of Florida, no state income tax, um, and that's huge as well. So certainly another uh, factor to consider. Gotcha. Um, and but, but, uh, Florida was pretty late to the game, weren't they? Weren't they? Didn't they have some some hurdles to jump when it came to NIL, or am I just misremembering? Uh, they were one of the first to pass, and then they pushed their date up, their effective date up at the last minute. So maybe it was the opposite. Um, maybe. But yeah, now, they... um, I don't know if you saw just a couple of weeks ago, Alabama repealed their NIL law oh, wow. um, to try and, again, keep up with everybody in every other state that no longer, you know, that or that never passed one in the first place because now they're just under uh, the NCAA rules. Gotcha. Okay. So, so damn, Texas, Texas might actually be back, Kyle. Like, <laughs> if there's no Terrible state nightmare. income tax, I mean, the, listen, they're willing to let the money flow down in Austin. So our worst nightmare might be coming true. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a Buckeye fan at heart. Okay. Oh! I, uh, I, I went to, uh, to UC for law school. So hearing your, uh, your distaste for LSU right now makes me happy because Brian right. Keller bailed on us uh in the sugar bowl a couple of years ago right and, and we have one <laughs> diehard buckeye uh, loyal listener as well so he's gonna he's gonna definitely well okay speaking of that actually one of our um you know great white whales of, of an interview uh podcast is or podcast guest is uh cardale jones right so cardale jones okay, just came out with uh his his program right so i'm assuming you've probably been a little tuned into that sure you know I've, i'm familiar yeah Gotcha. Yeah. So, so what are some things that, that you saw from his program? Cause like I said, we've kind of just read it at the base level. I, I can't remember. I'm trying to pull it up now, but I can't remember. So is he, cause it's, it's an agency of sorts. I'm pulling up to, if I'm off the top of my head, is he still, is he kind of in the same ballpark as you, Brad, or is he, is he just kind of a conduit to NIL? Like, is he actually acting in a legal essence or is he just it's called the foundation? Yeah. The foundation. Well, so he, he did start his own agent. Um, and I do believe he has attorneys on staff um, that gotcha. can help him, you know, represent athletes. And then he is helping, I forget the gentleman's name, Brian Schottenstein. Yep. Uh, something like that. Um, he, uh, I believe, started this foundation, which is going to be separate and apart, I believe, from, you know, Cardale's agency. But uh, my understanding of what the foundation is going to do is essentially, again, act as a one of these collectives where they're facilitating deals. I don't know if they're going to get into, uh, you know, the agency side or any of the legal side, but I certainly think they're going to be involved in, in reaching out to donors and trying to funnel money uh, to some of these players. Right. Hopefully and I mean, to, hopefully the athletes that are already enrolled at the university. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Obviously, Carter. Yeah. Because I mean, Ohio State would never. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I, I like Ohio State for the most part. So, um, yeah. Because And so as a collective, like, is the goal there, are they, would they essentially be brokering a deal to where, like, they could, you know, connect these boosters or, or business partners with these, with the athletes? Does the collective then, I'm assuming they get some sort of cut in this as well? Um. Again, usually, from what I understand, um, the collective is going to, especially when they're in, you know, some of these are filed as nonprofits, right? 
and I assume the foundation is going to be. Um, so I, my understanding of how it would operate, yeah, is that um, a, a donor or another nonprofit would come to them and say, hey, um, we want, we're interested in some of your athletes to appear at, you know, our event to help raise money. Um, and they would basically funnel this money through the foundation who now, you know, has Cardale Jones at the face. They have all this access to Ohio State athletes. Um, they can go ahead and, and broker this deal uh, between the athlete and, again, take a cut, um, most likely to, get right. to, to pay their overhead and, and keep their lights on as well, um, you know, between the athlete and whatever foundation it is. Yeah, no, that's Cardale. Just come on the pod. You know, if you have any connections, Brad, let's let's get him on. Uh, we have we have one uh, our Buckeye friend who's been tweeting him like every other day to try to get him to come. On. I don't think it's going to happen, but but he was one that like when we saw that pop up, we we're like, okay, that's interesting. A former player, and we we've seen it a little bit here and there. Like, um, oh, what's his name for Eastern Michigan when he, when uh when Caleb Williams was Charlie you know, Bath. Yeah, Charlie Charlie <laughs> Bath of all people. Yeah, so again, say, that's. That's blatant, blatant uh, rule violation, right? There. Okay, uh, right. Hey, come to our school. Here's a million bucks. Okay, and that's that was that's that was my follow up question is like that, yeah, that, and that's just I guess that's again this is just a modern man's take, but it just some of these just feel just very they make you feel kind of uneasy because and you touched on it earlier like it's it's a conflict of interest and everything, so it's. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I mean, you know, Brad. I'm waiting for Congress to get involved. Brad, when is when is Congress going to figure this out? I don't think anytime soon. If you look at the... I think they have other things on their plate. Then. Yeah, what, hey, what's the buzzword? Uh, sanctions. Yeah, yeah. Can we get some sanctions fired up? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, you know that that Charlie Batch one was just a red you know pay for play. Hey, come here, we'll give you a million dollars. And so that that's the example of like this is how you this is what not to do. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why Eastern yeah, Michigan's certainly. Eastern Michigan. I, it was worth a shot, right? Yeah, you, you shoot your shot, you miss, you know, but. But yeah, that's uh, I'm sure if if the NCAA ever wanted a reason to investigate Eastern Michigan, that's a pretty uh, <laughs> pretty public display of uh, of sure, that. Well, that's, that's a target right there, is and it's not going anywhere anytime soon because now anytime that that collective or whatever it is is involved in anything and they happen to land a big time recruit, certainly um, they say, well, hey, how did you how did you end up there? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, and and, God, and that's what's just going to be so just interesting and that's why i think the universities a lot of them like byu or these michigan state any you know they they do make a big deal about their collectives or the foundations that they create and i almost think it's like a smoke not a smoke screen but it's basically saying like hey NCAA or anyone who could get involved like we're doing this the right way or we at least want it to appear that we're doing it the right way and then that way they just kind of like yeah let let the the magic happen in the background maybe so yeah yeah I mean that's Brad. This has been awesome for one. So I really appreciate you. Well, well, hey, hold on, hold on. We, okay. I, I, I'm curious, that Brad. It, oh, so let's let's go back to your Cleveland State days. Nil <laughs> Nil is in full. Let's just pretend Nil is in full swing. If you could have one company call you up and endorse you in any variety, like who, who's your who's your dream company? Because like for me, it was Buffalo Wild Wings, and it wasn't even close. So when I was a freshman, um, I would have said. Uh, Chipotle probably. That was my, <laughs> uh, that was my, uh, that was my go freshman year. Um, and they were, they were kind of up and coming. Right. So I, I maybe would have tried to get, uh, some get equity yep. yeah, to stop <laughs> oh, yeah. at the time. Yeah. I think that would have been my, my go-to as a freshman, but, uh, you know, I, I wasn't that big time, so I, I don't think it would have paid out for me. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, even if it just resulted in some free free, chipotle, free burrito, right? Right. <laughs> right. right? It's like right. yeah, as a college student, that's that's as good as gold, you know. Well, and I think I think we need to I think we need to just create create a little team here, and we need to get we need to grow the game of college baseball enough to where we just get on TV because it's like we we can't even get college baseball on TV anymore. It's been kicked off for like what two weeks now, and like I haven't seen a single one on TV. Yeah, we got no, bigger, we got bigger fish to fry. Especially when, you know, they're talking about strikes and, and things like that, which it seems like just got resolved uh, yep. just a few hours ago. Exactly. Um, like, I feel like that was the time to shine. Like, sure. like that would have been the, the time to Bro, shine. Again. And it just didn't happen. Yeah. That's a bummer. That is a bummer. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm with you completely. Yeah. I, I So I think my uh, one last question I have. So, so you are, you know, kind of in the business of representing the athletes. 
does your type of agency representation does that differ from like when a when a when an athlete is going pro, right? They're going to the NFL, they get, you know, because it used to be like as soon as you sign with an agent, boom, it's game over, right? You're now ineligible to play college sports. Like, does your representation, like, differ from that at all, or is it kind of all in the same same boat? So the the rules that are in place, especially in the, the states that have their own laws, um, they basically require you to abide by um, each state's version of the Uniform Athletes Agent Act. Um, and so the, how the contracts look is basically you have to explicitly state that you're only representing these athletes for name, image, and likeness purposes. Okay. Um, and they cannot extend beyond their years of eligibility at the university. Interesting. Okay. So so a freshman comes in, they sign with an, uh, you know, an, an uh, agency or whatever it is, once they graduate from that university, it's supposed to be just cut off at that point? Well, the contract is, right? Okay, I mean, right. Obviously, if, if you establish, and that's, you know, my, my goal at the end of the day, you know, to be very, to be very blunt about it, is to develop and create a, an amazing relationship with some, some younger athletes and help them land some marketing deals while they're in college. Um, and then they say, hey, Brad, you know, we loved the work that you did. Uh, I'd love to right. have you represent me, you know, to go to the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, whatever. Yeah, see that that's oh. awesome. Yeah, I never, never even thought of it that way. See, so. I would have never, I never connected those dots. That is awesome. <laughs> that's good, Mike. Did you have anything else? No, no, no. This has been this has been fantastic. I we truly appreciate you taking the time to come on. And and when when things start going south and people start getting in trouble, uh, we'd love to have you come back on and right. explain exactly what went wrong. Right. Yeah. And then yeah, if you if you have anyone else too that that you know be interested in coming on talking or or even just you like anytime these big nil stories you know, like I'm you know we might hit you up on Twitter again and be like Brad we got to get you on <laughs> you know we'll we'll shine the bat signal and be like yeah I need you to explain this so. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really cool. It, it's just one of the, that's magic of Twitter, right? It's just, uh, you know, I see sure. us and you know, I shot that out there. So, uh, you know, I, I really respect you, you know, kind of giving us the time and it's been fun. And that's kind of why we're doing this podcast is like, for one, we love college sports. Just, I'm sure you do. Sure. You know, just about everyone who listens does. And, um, this NIL, it really does change college sports as we know it uh, for the better, for the worse. I don't know. I'm all for players getting paid and I used to be staunchly against it, you know, just being, you know, cause I was bitter, you know college you know non-athlete right so i was like why do these kids deserve money they're already getting full ride scholarships and uh here i was drowning in student debt so you know but i i've grown i've grown as a person as we all should so (laughs) i mean the the way i look at it right is that you know you as as that college student could go out and if you were you know an awesome singer or if you wanted to start this podcast for example while you were in college you could have done it you could have gotten paid and no one would have said anything about it but you know just up the road in, in Cleveland, if I was, you know, in school at the same time under rules where I couldn't, you know, monetize my name, image, and likeness, um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm on a scholarship, uh, whatever, but I can't use my own free time um, to monetize my name, image, and likeness in the same way that you can just because I'm an athlete. Right, right. So I, makes sense. I, I, I'm, I'm completely, you know, all for it. You'll never hear me say a bad thing about it. You know, aside from maybe how things are, are being handled in some cases right. or how they appear to be being handled. Um, but, you know, certainly, you know, loves being on the show. If, if you guys ever want to have me back, I'm, I'm happy to do it. So. No, it's cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. If you ever get a chance to, you know, throw it on a list and it's uh, we like I said, we'd like to just kind of have fun. And and I usually just will uh, have my vendettas against schools like LSU and, and Texas A&M. And, you know, I, I'm up. They're up to no good. They're up to no good. And Brad just confirmed it. So all my suspicions were correct. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, no, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. So Brad, thank you so much, man. Um, you know, we'd love to have you back on. So, uh, anytime, sure. no, I'm, sure. I, I'm, I'm very much still trying to, to grow my business. You know, I, I pulled money from my kids, my kids college fund, my five-year-old to, to try and, and start this thing. So, um, you know, really trying to get off the ground still. So I'm happy to come back. Well, we'll use Twitter. We'll, you know, retweet, we'll retweet, we'll like, you know, all that fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Hey, according to, according to our podcasting feeds, we're getting listeners all around the world, apparently. 
Well, so, we have a couple in Russia, so we'll have to yeah, yeah, but, I, yeah, we're not sure where those are coming from or who's listening from there, but the heat map shows them somewhere around Moscow. So if, uh, if you're listening from Moscow, tweet us. And uh, if you're an athlete, then tweet Brad. So I don't know how Brad does international. <laughs> I, he's probably not, probably not covered there. So awesome. Well, hey, thanks again, Brad. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll have you back on some time. And uh, uh, yeah, thanks again. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. See you. Skip, we know Skip. Mm-hmm. Skip, I know Skip. Like that, Skip. Anything else you want to know about me, Skip? Mm-hmm.